Blessings to all of you this morning here and who are listening in. Noted in Alice's prayer there that we can look at the Word of God and know that it's always true. We read a lot of other things that we don't know are true or are they or aren't they. Uh, but when we come to the Word of God, we have things that we know are true will challenge us, will lead us, and give us direction in our lives today. It's very relevant for our lives today as it was when it was written. Sometimes passages of scriptures uh, catch your attention again, and I think that's sort of the way it was with Matthew 25 for me. If you want to, you can turn there. Matthew 5, 25. I'm going to be reading verses 1 through 13 there. Very familiar scripture to us, but uh, I'd like to share some thoughts out of that this morning as we look at that passage. Matthew chapter 25 and verse 1. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their lamp, in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you, but go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterwards came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. In the first verse here, Jesus is talking, and he says, The kingdom of heaven is likened unto ten virgins. When we think of virgins, what do we think of? Well, I think my mind at least went to purity, uh, undefilement set apart. And so Jesus is talking about somebody that is pure, holy, set apart. And Revelations 21 declares, there shall no wise enter into it, talking about heaven, anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abominations, or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life, 
those are the ones that will be there. So, and there's plenty of other scriptures that we could go to and understand that the Christian life takes purity. It's an essential part of our Christian life to have purity. We will not get to heaven without that. Um, the rest of that verse talks about the virgins taking their lamps and going forth uh, to meet the bridegroom. It appears that they all had some sort of uh, preparation to meet the bridegroom. It all seems that they had a light that was shining at that point, but it does declare that five were wise and five were foolish. And so as we think about that and we look at verse um, 3, I think it sort of answers that question, why were they foolish? They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. When we think of the oil, there's been a lot of thoughts given to that, what that oil might be. And I don't think I'm going to answer that question right now. But the wise took a vessel with oil and their lamp also. And so they had extra oil with them. But I'd like to explore that thought together a little bit along with some other things out of this passage of what uh, we can learn for our lives today. <clears throat> It says here in verse 5, while the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. I'd like to look at that word tarried for a little bit. But first of all, I would like to say the slumbering and slept. I believe Jesus was talking about ordinary life just like you and me live today. We are going from one day to the next, and we are living not quite so ordinary as we have for the past while, but we're living an ordinary life. We sleep, we get up, and we go about our work, and we do the things that we need to do in life. I think Jesus is just talking about an ordinary life that was uh, being lived by people. I believe Jesus was talking about what it will be like in the end time. And so uh, we might keep that in mind as far as in this passage as well. If we look at our lives today, when we think of living an ordinary life, we think of people that are living seriously for Christ. We look at people that take life not quite as serious. And maybe some that are being careless in their Christian life. 
And maybe that's what Jesus was talking about here. He definitely wrote it in the context of the end times, uh, which we are much closer than we were. But that word tarried, I'd like to think about a little bit. Um, Second Peter chapter 3, 3 and 4, it says, Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers, walking after their own lusts and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. Could it be that as years pass by, the more we become relaxed in Christ not returning, I'm concerned that we become so relaxed in our Christian life and our daily working and doing our uh, things that we need to do that we really don't keep our focus on God. We become so entangled in the things that we're doing, our occupation, uh, making money, having elite things, keeping up with others. And I guess we could just sum that up as having this world's goods. So much so that we lose sight of being vigilant in our walk with God. Terry gives the idea of delay or not happening at the appointed time. Now, I don't think that Jesus is tarrying. He's, he's not slacking off on the time he should come. But he doesn't give us that time, and it may feel like to us that he is tarrying. How long will he tarry? We don't know that. But I would like to give or, or look at a couple other places in Scripture that talk about uh, tarrying or not being there at the appointed time. Actually, Jesus warns us in Luke 17, 26 through 30, as it is was in the day of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat, they drank, they married wives. They were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. They were simply living their life and maybe a reckless life at that um, they were eating and drinking. Uh, it doesn't sound like somebody passionate after God. Um, also, it gives the example of likewise, also as it was in the day of Lot. They did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built. But the same day Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. Gives us a warning there to be uh, looking and watching for his coming. 
It gives us an example of what might happen if we get lax in our Christian life. I remind you also of Exodus 32.1 where Moses went up into the mountain to get the Ten Commandments. And as he tarried or delayed, as it says in that scripture, to come down from the mount, the people gathered themselves together to Aaron and they said unto him, Up, make us gods which shall go before us. For this Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we wot not what has become of him. They had no idea where Moses was and why he delayed his coming to come back. But in that delay, they got restless, didn't they? And they began to look around at other things and say, what do we do? And so... They said, make us a God that shall go before us. We don't have Moses. We don't know what happened to him. And so, as we know, they made a God, a golden calf, that uh, Moses and God were just so disappointed with and so angry with. I guess the delay is what I'm focusing on. Do we stay passionate for God? 1 Samuel 13, very familiar uh, scripture as well. It's talking about Saul there and Samuel coming to make the sacrifice. And it says, and he tarried seven days according to the set time that Samuel had appointed but Samuel came not to Gilgal, and the people were scattered from him. That was from Saul. And Saul said, Bring hither the burnt offering to me and peace offering. And he offered the burnt offering. And it came to pass, as soon as he had made an end of the offering, the burnt offering, behold, Samuel came. And Saul went out to meet him that he might salute him. And Samuel said, What hast thou done? And note Samuel, I mean Saul's words. Behold, I saw that the people were scattered from me, and that thou camest not within the days appointed. How quickly people can get restless and about an event, event that didn't happen or isn't happening. And begin to focus on something far less important than God. Where we should be focusing our mind and our energy toward. And I guess as we look at these different scriptures, I just ask ourselves the question, am I becoming relaxed? Am I becoming reckless in my life? Where is God's coming? We don't know. It could be tomorrow, it could be today, it could be any time. But as we slumber and sleep, and as we wait for God, do we really have the Spirit of God that dwells in us? 
And are we losing sight of what we are here for? And we miss focusing living in the power of the Spirit. Sometimes I look at our own people around us and it grieves my heart to where they are today in not keeping the biblical principles of life. And we might question them and suggest that it's worldly living. And many of them will make excuses and say everything's worldly. We live in the world. We use the world's things. What is worldly? And to me, they're just making excuses for living after their passion for the world. The passion of something set aside from God. They don't have their passion to live for Jesus Christ. Coming back to the oil, um, my feelings is that what the oil could be is this continual living passionately for God. Somehow I think the foolish virgins failed to really adapt to the Spirit of God, to live that passionate life for Him. They laid aside uh, or neglected their oil, their passionate living for God. And so when the bridegroom came, they were not ready. They were not prepared. And that's what I'd like to ask us the question this morning. Are we really prepared for God's coming? Or are we so caught up in our life's situations and our life uh, dreams and passions that we want to live for our family and the things that we do uh, that the cry is going to be made and we are totally not prepared for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Obviously, the foolish virgins, when it was said, the bridegroom cometh, they all trimmed their lamps, got ready, and they realized they didn't have what it takes. What a sad situation that would be. And I'm saying they asked the wise virgins for oil, and they said, no, we don't want to give of our oil lest we don't have enough for us. And I think Jesus is just saying, that there comes a time when we don't have the time, the space. You know, when the trumpet sounds and we are caught up together, it will not be any time to share our faith with anybody. And those that don't have the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ and realize they're on the short end, 
will not have time to ask, tell me how to be saved. There will be no time for that. And I believe that's what happened here with the, the foolish virgins. They said, give us of your all. Give us direction. Give us what we need. And they didn't have time to give it to them, nor did they have the resources. They had made ready themselves. The foolish did not. With these revealing words from the Lord that we have, we discover that what the oil signifies, maybe, obviously it was a lack of inadequate oil which caused the foolish virgins to meet with the words, I don't know you, when they came back. If we look in the Old Testament, um, the oil in the Old Testament is frequently used as a symbol of the Holy Spirit. Kings and priests were anointed with the oil as a sign of their consecration and supposedly spirit-filled life. Um, that they had Zechariah. The prophet was showing a vision of a great golden lampstand with two olive trees standing beside it. The trees dripped all into the bowls of the lampstand. And Zechariah was told, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. That's in Zechariah 4, 6. The oil simple side, simple, sure. They all symbolized the Spirit of God, which the light of testimony could be maintained in the hour of darkness. And so I guess as we look at that, maybe we could glean from that that it is a spirit-filled life, a passionate life for God that the oil that we really need, and it needs to be kept. I, I like that uh, picture of the trees consistently dripping oil into that bowl and going to the lampstands that gave light. Are you standing under the tree or are you standing in Christ? that constantly drips the oil of his spirit into your life. What a beautiful picture that we need. And we need to maintain that. We must maintain our relationship with God or we lose what we began with. As we look at the virgins, I have to say they were all there. They had oil. They had a lamp that was burning. But somehow, they let it slip away. They didn't maintain that life. They didn't go and get more all that they'd be prepared for the time when the bridegroom came. Jesus ends this little passage of scripture, so profound. He says, watch, therefore, in verse 13. 
For ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. And so we need to be prepared. We need to watch. We need to order our life in a way that we can stand and be ready. And live passionate for God. Don't get so caught up in the, the things of life. And, and I think in America it can. And I think maybe some of the things that we're experiencing will bring us to think about where we're at in life. I think it has a lot of people and for us too. Luke 13 gives those solemn words and I'll close with that. Luke 13, 25. When once the master of the house is risen up and has shut the door and you begin to stand without and to knock at the door saying, Lord, Lord, open unto us and he shall answer and say unto you, I know not whence ye are. That would be some of the saddest words that I can think of. So let's be vigilant. Let's be awake. Let's serve God with all that we have and not let other things destroy our passionate life for Christ. God bless you. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we pause before you and we thank you for this time together. We thank you that you have blessed us with your word that is so true, so powerful. We can rest in it and we can know that when we read it, it's truth. And we can prepare ourselves through you, allowing you to recreate our life in the fashion that you really want it to be. Lord, we pray that you would just give us your spirit, your grace, and lead us in the path everlasting, that we may someday come together in your beautiful place in heaven that you are preparing for us. Strengthen us and encourage us in our faith and make us strong. Help us to be bold and share our, your love with others where we have opportunities. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.